0: To the Bonds of Marriage podcast.
1: Yes, a podcast hosted by a married couple. I'm Delilah.
0: And I'm Chase.
1: And we talk about uh, the James Bond films in chronological order.
0: Yeah, there's one catch though, and that is that not all of us like the James Bond movies necessarily.
1: Yeah, and I'm that one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So, so. Delilah does like the new ones, the James uh, or the Daniel Craig versions, I would say, Uh, but not necessarily the old ones. So, this is basically my attempt to convince her, or not even convince her, just like at least get her to watch them with me and. Talk about it.
1: I really have no reason to not like them because I've never really seen any of them. So I at least need to give them a shot before I hate them. And right now we're zero for three.
0: (laughs) Spoiler alert. (laughs) So yeah, this week's film, this is the third episode. And so we started at the beginning. That means we're on the third film of the series, which is Goldfinger.
1: Yes, Goldfinger.
0: Uh, What did you know about Goldfinger before you saw it? Did you, I mean, had you... Like, I feel like people, you know, you just, like, absorb some of this stuff just through, like, cultural osmosis. Like, did you know anything about it or, like, images from it or anything?
1: No, I knew nothing about it. Um, All my information about Goldfinger was from watching Goldmember. (laughs) (laughs) So when I saw um, Jill was dead with her body covered in gold. I was Mm -hmm. like, what? Like, that was a real thing? Like, this person? I mean, I know that didn't happen in Goldmember, but, I mean, it seems very crazy and very much like an Austin Powers thing that would happen. It's silly. And
0: they even (laughs) say, like, um, oh, she died of... Uh, you know what do they say? Skin as- as-
1: Asphyxiation, Asphyxiation of the skin. Yeah.
0: Generally, you you leave a patch open in the near the base of the spine, and it's like I don't think any of that's true. Like I don't think that. Yeah, we should is Google. Possible. We should we should Google that. Should see if that's even no We should know thing. if that's true or if it's a real thing. But. <laughs> So uh, this one, we were going to release this back in like May. Uh, we were going to try to do one of these a month. And um, as a, this has happened on the last two movies, actually, <laughs> is that we'll start watching it and Delilah will almost immediately fall asleep. because yeah. She thinks they're so boring. So that happened again. And now we finally sat down and got her to, to sit through it. And so what, what was your overall impression of Goldfinger just having just completed watching it, you know, minutes ago?
1: Um, In my opinion, this one is really kind of, like, inconceivable. Like, all the things that (laughs) happened in it really didn't make sense. It didn't make sense why Goldfinger left, like, kept James Bond alive and, like, why he brought him to Fort Knox. Like, he could have just killed him and it would have been done and nothing – his plan would have been totally fine. Yeah, well, that's,
0: like, the hallmark of Bond villains is to sort of needlessly – keep him alive i guess but yeah that's true i mean you make you have a point yes
1: yeah because i mean the whole reason why their plan got ruined was because pussy galore called washington and told them what the plan was and had james bond not seduced her it would have never happened and she wanted nothing to do with him until the day before the whole evil plan was going to take place so it just seemed really yeah bizarre i mean and-
0: we can talk about it we will but this one is one of the more uh One of the ones where Connery definitely is just like, I feel like he just put it into the script, some of the stuff he does, like where he, he's very sexist and he is in most of his movies, but this one is possibly the worst of all of them in terms of like him just being a real ass to, to women, you know, just like. Yeah, I don't know.
1: Well, that scene, so one of the first scenes after kind of the opening sequence, So I guess the second scene, when they're in Miami. Or, Mm -hmm. well, no, I guess it's the third because they go to the...
0: He gets his mission first, yeah.
1: When they go to Miami and he's there with that woman and slaps her butt and says, okay, time to go, man talk.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, he introduces her to Felix Leiter, the CIA agent, and it's like... Say hello to Felix and then immediately he's like, say goodbye to Felix. And yeah. Like,
1: oh. Well, and speaking of Felix, you and I have major beef with this new Felix. This yeah, is this, so, guy sucks. this is messed up because Felix in was he was he was only in the first one. He wasn't in the second one, right? Yeah, he
0: didn't appear in um from Rush With Love.
1: Yeah. So mm-hmm. in, what's this first one called again? Dr. No. Yeah, Dr. No. And Dr. No, Felix is like this way good looking, mm-hmm. like savvy guy. He did wear women's sunglasses, which really threw me off. <laughs> but then this one, he's like this old,
0: boring dude. He's like, like a paunchy, just like, yeah, yeah. The first uh, Felix is Jack Lord, I believe. And he's he's really cool. Like, yeah, this this is not as good. So so generally, let's just launch into this. Usually we break these movies down by, but we've got a few subjects we want to hit. So what's the first one, Delilah?
1: Right. So the things that we usually like to talk about um, first off is the theme song. So mm. this one has a really, from. this is something I do know just from like pop culture, is yeah, that this is theme song is really well known. Probably the
0: most famous theme song, I would say. Yeah. do you think? I don't know. Maybe there's, I mean, there's a few like this, but this is the first of the, There's this one is sung by Shirley Bassy or whatever her name is, and I mean I think everyone knows it. It's great. It's really good. Yeah,
1: it's a really good song. Super catchy. These opening, this opening sequence was um, really interesting to watch with the naked women that are all painted in gold mm-hmm. which you know for shadows to project, how he kills people.
0: Yeah, they project the images onto the per- woman's body.
1: Yeah, and according to IMDb, I don't know if this is true because literally anybody can put IMDb. CB <laughs> trivia on there. Um, they said that she, what's her name? Shirley Basie. Uh-huh. That she was singing this song, like watching the the opening credits like as she's singing it so she could hit the notes at certain Uh points and at the end of it she had no intention of like holding the note for that long at Mm -hmm. the very end of the song but she didn't realize that there was so much credits after so she just just had to keep holding the note and Uh she was wearing this like really intense corset and so it was really really hard for her to hold that note why was she
0: wearing a corset if she's recording something because it was the 60s (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, that reminds me, there's a story for our next film, which would be Thunderball. Uh, that one's sung by uh, Tom Jones, and he does a th- kind of similar thing where the last note, he yells, like, Thunderball for, like, 40 seconds, and supposedly he was, like, doing it for so long in the, in the studio that he passed out. Oh, geez. So, I don't know if that's true. Again, that's probably just IMDb trivia that's not necessarily true.
1: Well, everything you put on the internet is true, so... Yeah. So, uh
0: yeah, so I think the theme song is good. It's not my favorite of all of them, but it's really good. It's uh kind of set the template for the rest of them because the like From Russia with Love is just kind of like a it's not like this. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't have like the brassy horns. Like when you hear this one, this is what a Bond theme sounds yeah. like, you like, know. Da, da,
1: da. Yeah. yeah it's,
0: it's good. It kind of sets the template. So I'd say it's it's good. I, m- maybe that's the only part of the movie you like?
1: Yeah, I really like that. <laughs> And, yeah, I mean, just kind of circ- like bringing in all the other things we like to talk about. It's like I love the James Bond fashion. And that it, it, I just feel like this whole movie was really, like, lackluster in all aspects of the things that we like about mm. Bond, you okay. know? Yeah, maybe. So I'm trying to go back and think about what kind of fashion pieces they were wearing. And there was a few. So when they go um, – uh, on the golf course, it's mm-hmm. James and Goldfinger and his, like, Korean bodyguard. Bad but, job. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And they go golfing. Uh, James is wearing a really cool kind of brown outfit that I commented on that I really liked. Just kind of like a brown blazer, brown mm-hmm. pants. It's like
0: English country club. Mm-hmm. Like a,
1: tweed. a brown tie yeah. uh-huh. and a white shirt. He looked really good. And Goldfinger was wearing a similar outfit, too, just kind of brown tweeds and stuff. That Goldfinger was nice. Goldfinger
0: is just a big ugly blob of a man oh my like, god he's so, one of the ugliest it's he, funny because well, he, you have to look at him tie, for so long well yeah and movie. tying it
1: all back to the fact that i've seen all of the austin powers movies before i've seen yeah. Andy James Bond. it's like so is he just supposed to be like a mix of gold member and fat bastard because <laughs> or is there someone who is like uh, fat bastard
0: in the future films that uh, i haven't seen no not really yeah. so yeah i think that's kind of where he got he even had like
1: the voice like fat bastard
0: well, this no, is, Fat Bastard is Scottish. I right?
1: know, but he sounds like he has this like weird uh, well, accent. Speaking of what is voice? he supposed to be?
0: Well, speaking of, well, that actor was a German actor who plays Goldfinger. Oh, okay. But they, they, like in most of these old James Bond movies, they'll just totally dub someone's voice with a different actor. Yeah,
1: you could tell it. I, and, I just thought maybe it was a voiceover because the sound quality was bad and they had like yeah, just re-recorded well, and it.
0: And it was someone else. It was not him it who was? did. Yeah. Even though he did the performances what and the stuff, heck? they just got someone to do it with a german accent so i don't know why because i was a german guy i don't know why they just didn't have him if they needed to adr all his lines they could just have him do it but yeah so i don't know why but they do that with a lot of the the bond girls as well yeah well into even like the 70s movies where they'll get some random model (laughs) yeah to be a bond girl and then they'll just have someone else like do their dub their lines later so weird um but yeah fashion wise i i sort of disagree i like james bond so one of the most there is a iconic iconic okay i eat my words his light gray three-piece suit and he wears that for a good chunk of the movie
1: oh i was thinking of a different iconic piece oh no like you know what what i'm thinking of
0: no but the The romp him oh yeah that's true no that's (laughs) another one but yeah the the gray three-piece suit he wears um, for like a huge chunk of the movie, it's just like light gray. Mm-hmm. And then he's got a white shirt and then a blue knit tie. Um, and I have a suit like that. You do exactly. Except, although I lost the pants to it, which is tragic.
1: It is tragic.
0: Also, it's like custom tailored for me. And I got it made when I was like at my absolute skinniest. I was like, uh, like yeah, not if eating for if anyone. A knows Chase,
1: he lost so. <laughs> like, uh, 55 pounds before I met him. When I met him, he was at his absolute lightest. And seriously, looked sick. I don't know how I was like, yeah, sign me up for this guy. Let's get engaged because he, Chase, and I also got engaged after only knowing each other for three months. Which is, you know, maybe you think that's a little crazy, but he's he
0: he looks better now. I'm in a little in between. I'm not like where anyway. But anyway, what I'm saying <laughs> is the point is I don't I, even if I knew where the pants were, I don't think I could wear them. Cause so that was probably a bad idea, but anyway, I because this was mainly because of that look though. I oh really? The light I never knew that, guys. Three piece.
1: Learning new things about my husband. Um,
0: but yeah, there's like you mentioned though. There's in the the Miami sequence, he puts on. He just has like a swim trunks on, and then he puts on this like romper, that's a terry cloth like a light blue terry cloth romper yeah
1: which is his staple signature (laughs) iconic color this baby blue Mm -hmm. he wears looks good in it and dr no he wears my all-time favorite outfit that baby blue Two piece like velour, maybe no, maybe it's probably terry cloth. Mm-hmm. Little outfit when he goes onto the island and yeah. and meets. Um, so it's a similar look name? to
0: that, except for this is just the romper style, mm-hmm. but, and
1: um, it is so short. Like I don't even wear well, shorts so this short.
0: Because has he has a very short tight swim trunks on, and even the swim trunks poke out a little bit mm-hmm. from it when he's wearing it. Yeah, they're, yeah. like, very short. So that's what he wears when he goes up into the apartment to above to... To
1: see Jill when she's see, spying for um, yeah. Goldfinger while so, he's playing poker. Yeah,
0: we don't really go over the plot much on these, so it's fine. But, you know, stuff happens. Jill gets covered in gold and dies. That's pretty much what yeah, happens at the beginning. tragic, tragedy. Yeah. So uh, so we've done fashion. What about Gadgets
1: gadgets so um as always he goes in gets his assignment um from m yeah uh-huh. and um some of the gadgets they talked about were kind of the honing devices well oh, he didn't get this from m
0: he goes to q he goes
1: to q well to get and this, this is sorry. the first
0: movie that has like the sort of iconic again iconic scenes of him walking through q branch where they're like doing all these crazy tests behind him that's like Then that became a staple in all the Bond movies where it's like he's walking and they're testing out a bulletproof vest, like shooting someone with a machine gun. And they're like uh, filling there's like filling this booth full of gas and just doing all kinds of stuff like that. And so, yeah, Q Mm -hmm. brings him in to give him his car. And he's like, where's my Bentley? And then he says, oh, here's your new car. And it's the uh, I guess we'll lump this in with cars, too. But his iconic again, iconic uh, Aston Martin DB5 that mm-hmm. pops up in some of the later movies as well. Um, but it looks awesome. Um, get But yeah, gadgets. Yeah,
1: so he has a honing device in the car. He has mm-hmm. a little mini one that he can put into his shoe. Yes. Um, what else did they give him? The car that has an ejection sh- seat. It mm-hmm. also can change the license plate. A lot of gadgets have to do with the car.
0: Yeah, most of them are built into the car. Like mm-hmm. it can... I mean, I, I feel like this stuff is very... I, at least for me, like, I had seen all that before even seeing this movie. Like, the car that shoots oil out and the the hubcap, like, extends out and, like, can shred someone else's tire and, you know, machine guns pop out of it. Like, I don't know. I just kind of knew all that even before I had seen this movie.
1: Like, you just knew that was going to happen in this movie?
0: Or, yeah. I mean, I, I just... I don't know. I, I feel like other things have copied it so much that that's kind of... Uh... Well,
1: yeah, I know. It immediately made me think of Speed Racer, mm-hmm. you know, and they, like, just make his car even fancier and they add a little things to his tires and it was just reminded me totally of Mm -hmm. us that scene in speed racer
0: yeah yeah and so very cool that's one of the reasons why like this movie i have to say is probably besides uh from russia with love and then this one i think if you had to pick two like of the most classic bond movies i think those are it basically because after this quality dips a little bit for a while and then it's hit or miss but like Goldfinger was the hugest bond hit in the States and it was what kind of cemented it as like a yeah. big franchise.
1: Again, according to IMDB, this was the fastest grossing film
0: mm-hmm. um
1: in history at that moment. And wow. it um also got was put into the Guinness Book of World Records, which is pretty crazy. So huh. it was like the number
0: one. Nice. Um yeah, I think like I think it's funny though, like the gadget they have is like basically a tracker you know and then there's a screen in the car that's like supposed to be you know like a map like gps you know that it's so revolutionary and
1: right but it just looks like uh <laughs> like a projection from like elementary school yeah i know <laughs> well and
0: also it made no sense like when they were showing it and then, like that he was knowing where things were based on this tiny screen like mm-hmm. that didn't really make sense to me but um be confusing um, the other cars though i wa- that i really liked in this is like i think it was ford well it's definitely ford had a sponsorship of this movie because there's a, a mustang convertible um he goes to after miami he goes to switzerland um and he's driving in the mountains and there's another girl that he encounters driving in a, a convertible mustang with like a red interior tanya tanya very cool car um and then also later in the movie there's a really co- there's a bunch of nice lincoln continentals Mm-hmm. Um, they're like those cool sixties style, like super long coupes with like the doors that are like 15 feet long. And anyway, one of them gets crushed, which is kind of sad, but so there's some cool cars in this a lot, a lot more than the other movies we've, that we've seen so far.
1: Yeah. The cars were awesome looking, I think. Mm-hmm. Definitely. My favorite was the one that odd job drives. So when they crush that one and put it into the, that <laughs> flatbed.
0: Yeah. I think that was a, I guess an El Camino is a GM product. So maybe it was like the first version of a. I think it was called like a Ranchero or something was mm-hmm. the Ford version. I'm not sure. But yeah, it, was, it looked like an El Camino that they they crushed the, a Lincoln with a guy's body in it and then put the cube in the back of a little El Camino type dealie. Yeah. Which is fun.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Do you want to talk about where this movie took place? Yes.
0: Yeah, so let's talk about the locations.
1: Okay. So obviously where all the action really kind of happens near the end is Fort Knox. So it's supposed to be set in Kentucky, mm-hmm. um, which is the first time it's been in America.
0: Yeah, but they actually didn't they even did shoot They didn't shoot it in America. In America. Yeah, yeah, I read
1: that. But um, are any other sets. films set in America? Any, yes. like, oh, really? Mm-hmm. All right, we'll keep an eye out There's for those. There's one called
0: uh, uh, Live and Let Die.
1: Oh, is that with Pierce?
0: No, that's with oh. Roger Moore. That's oh. his first I one. I
1: don't know anything about James <laughs> Bond.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Um yeah, so he starts out in Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah,
1: I forgot. Duh, he's in Miami. Mm-hmm.
0: I totally forgot he was even... Which there's a really cool like overhead aerial shot of like Miami Beach in the 60s that I really like. Um, you know, like we've talked about like half the reason why it's these old movies are fun is is the fashions and just the sort of travelogue. You yeah, know, the locations how them. you can see. You can see all that. And then also just seeing like a time capsule of like this was, you know you know, obviously not a real representation, but this is kind of what, you know, Miami Beach was like in 65 or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, cause it looks awesome. So yeah, they are in Miami at some cool hotel with a nice pool. Um, by the way, speaking of like, there's like pop culture references in this, which I think is funny when he's with, uh, Jill, right? Jill, Uh when he's with her and he's going to get some wine from the fridge, he's like, Oh, yes. He's like, oh, it's like listening to the Beatles without earmuffs. Like basically saying so, he hates the Beatles. This which is, is what I funny. loved about
1: this uh, movie in particular with James is that he really pulls out the snobbery in this one. Like mm-hmm. he talks about alcohol twice. He's like some connoisseur or something. He like, knows a
0: lot about He knows that. a
1: lot. So he, the whole reason why he leaves Jill in this hotel room, or not the room, but leaves the room, the bedroom area to go into the kitchen area um, is because he needed to put the champagne on ice because he couldn't you can't drink a Don Perignon something something year above <laughs> above fifty whatever thirty two degrees Celsius. I don't know.
0: Above above thirty-eight degrees Fahrenheit. Yes, is yes what he said. exactly. Yeah. And
1: so then he goes in and he's like, It's like listening to the Beatles without earmuffs. Ha <laughs> ha ha. Like
0: Which I guess it makes sense that like someone his age in that time would think that the Beatles are bad. You know what I mean? Like I guess, like he's more He's establishment, really, so...
1: Yeah, it is pretty funny, because it's like, I hate the Beatles. I think they're garbage. (laughs) And so it's like, you always just hear of these this time when the Beatles just took over, and everyone loved them, and they were amazing. And I was like, yeah, James, I am on your team. I hate the Beatles. (laughs) Well, what
0: I wonder is, like, what did he like then? If he doesn't like the Beatles, like, was he like... I could see him totally being like a jazz snob or something like that, like being into jazz or just classical music, whatever is like the most pretentious thing, yeah. Because it's know. like we're talking about then later. So then he's summoned uh, to uh, a lunch meeting or a dinner meeting with M and some government guy that's really fancy. And they are, you know, they have cigars and brandy. And then they talk about how bad the brandy is. And he again gets to be a snob and say, "Oh, it's probably some substandard brews, indifferently mixed." Or I don't know what he says. He comments on it like mm-hmm. he knows, like he knows something. So, uh, and then that actually, like, the more uh, the Roger Moore bonds, he kind of doubled, doubles down on that. Like, he actually becomes just some know-it-all who knows everything about everything.
1: Which I just can't <laughs> wait for the that time because there's Cause nothing be I like, love more than be know-it-alls. Like, oh,
0: here's this butterfly, in a, you know, like, in a case, and, you know, he'll know the Latin name of every butterfly. <laughs> or, you know what I mean? Like, why would he know that? You know, just he just becomes even more of a, like, know-it-all. But in this, it seems like it's more he's just... James Bond, like his character, he just loves the finer things in life. He loves abusing women. Loves abusing women. And uh, so that's just part of his character is that he would know a lot about, you know, booze, I guess, right? Yeah. So, okay. And then, so besides Miami, then he, after that, he goes to uh, Geneva, Switzerland. And there's actually some great, they really did go there. And there's some great. uh, Oh, it's beautiful. Scenes there where they're driving on these twisty mountain roads and like amazing looking scenery and stuff so that's that's fun
1: yeah that was probably one of my favorite scenes one of my probably my favorite location just because it was so pretty um yeah sorry i was just looking to see what the it's ca- just the alpine roads in switzerland mm-hmm. the swiss alps so yeah so
0: he's driving around up there and he that's where he encounters uh it's actually it turns out to be jill who was covered in gold and killed by goldfinger uh he encounters her her sister Tanya Tanya who's out for revenge mm-hmm. and
1: and it's kind of yeah. like the the movie pulls a twist on you and you think that she's going to be the bond girl because he spends so much time with her and like it, it just doesn't it's like of course like she's gonna be the bond girl she's out to get goldfinger and within about mm, 15 minutes she's dead
0: <laughs> yeah look, Ajab she kills her she gets hit with Ajab's job's flying hat you know yes. and killed Fairly quickly, yeah, so it's kind of a misdirection. And then after this, uh, I guess this is kind of like gadgets. There's the very famous scene where Goldfinger catches Bond because he's, he's a dummy and thinks he's, there's a mirror on a building and he thinks he's going to run into another car. Mm-hmm. So he swerves into a building into the building and crashes his car. And so then he wakes up and he's strapped to a big metal table thing and there's a laser aiming at, that's going to come like... Slice him in slice half. Slice him in half and... There's a whole line, you know. I expect you to die, and so mm-hmm. yeah. So there, so there's all that business that goes on. And actually, this movie is a lot longer than I remembered it. Oh my being. gosh, it was
1: an hour and fifty minutes.
0: Which isn't that long, though. When it when you think about, almost every modern movie now is like two hour twenty.
1: Yeah, but at least the, those ones are interesting.
0: Well, they're faster paced. Really? It's just it feels like it does take a long time for this movie. Like we
1: got to this point where goldfinger is about to like cut james bond in half and i'm like we're almost done right like this is the end and he's like nope Um, no
0: not really (laughs) because they still have to go to kentucky so i think the the problem with the pacing of this movie is once they from this moment until like the actual you know final final action scenes there's a lot of just sort of slow business of goldfinger like unveiling his plan and, like, the back and forth with, like, mm-hmm. the CIA is, like, kind of tracking him and it just and, – and, you know, he's trying to escape, like, Goldfinger's holding him captive and it's – yeah, it's a little slow, I, yeah. I would say. you know. And I
1: think what I've liked about the newer Bond films, as well as even, like, Dr. No, um, is that the – Villain is a secret for a while. Like mm-hmm. you know of them, but you don't see their face. There's no really communicating with them. Mm-hmm. Um with this, it's like you see Goldfinger in the first ten minutes in well, yeah, the then, film. Oh, and we didn't and even talk
0: we talked a little bit about the golfing scene, but I mean they play golf. Yes, they for have like, like a chummy minutes.
1: relationship. It's like, what the hell? What are <laughs> you trying like, to do? Cheating
0: at golf, back and forth. He makes and, him
1: like, yeah. So it's know. just a weird concept that yeah it just is very it's just a it's a weird idea i didn't like it i don't like the you know supposed hero and the villain being friends but not well, their fr- frenemies you know it's yeah. just it's all it's all a little strange to me
0: well but this is also like the trend in bond movies which i never understand is where he goes and like makes contact with people as, in, like, a secret agent, but then just uses his own name. Like, he never pretends oh, to be no. anyone else. Why would he? Which I just think is funny. Like, why? I mean, whatever. It's not obviously not. He's not supposed to be, like, an actual An spy. international man of mystery. Well, no, but anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, they get to Kentucky, and um, Goldfinger's got, like, a compound that's, like, a, he, like, raises horses or whatever. I don't know.
1: Well, wait, we haven't even talked about Pussy Galore.
0: Oh yeah. Well, okay. So then, yes, yeah. so they're being flown to Kentucky and turns out the pilot is a woman named Pussy Galore. And she
1: looks awesome. She is wearing she is cool this looking. really cool black like silk uh two-piece. It looks like a suit, but the front is like a wrap, almost like a mix of a suit and a kimono. Like it was really awesome looking and she like punches Bond in the face. And hold the gun tough, to him. She's, she's a, a tough, tough girl. God.
0: Yeah. And she's a good pilot, mm-hmm. which is good. It's kind it's of a nice welcome s- change. Yeah. That like, that, you know, she's good at something. Whereas like the Bond girls until now have kind of been.
1: Just people. Just
0: people. Just, you know, just girls that are. Anyway. But the big thing is, you know, she tells him like, don't even try to be, you know, uh, smooth with me. I'm immune to you. Mm-hmm. Which is a reference to in the books. Uh, she's a lesbian. Um, yeah, which I think so, is really
1: interesting, especially for the books being older.
0: Yeah, well, eh, but not really. Well, it is interesting, but um, uh, the yeah the in all the books, there's like a lot of weird stuff with, uh, with like with gay people mm. that is not. They're definitely treated as uh, like weird genetic oh, freaks. You know what I mean? That's upsetting. And it's mostly seen, I think, in the book as like a just an obstacle for Bond to overcome you know the fact that she's a lesbian oh um but in the movie they can't really this was the 60s i mean they couldn't i don't even think they could really openly admit you know what i mean that that she was a lesbian so they just sort of i don't know they they sort of allude to it but they don't actually say it
1: gotcha if i
0: had not have told you that she was gay in the book would you have known no yeah so
1: no not at all i would have just taken it that she was you know she's supposed to be kind of a bad person mm-hmm. and just doesn't want anything to do with him
0: yeah, well, and then that's why it's, like, she's got this, uh, so she's a pilot, and she has a squadron of, like, sexy other female pilots. Yeah, it's called who are Pussy's her, Circus. Her her Flying Circus. Oh,
1: Pussy's Flying Circus. Yeah, so and so
0: I think that's also, to, that's, like, kind of her, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so she she's flying him to Kentucky, and it's funny, he, the way Connery's accent is, like, he's like, pussy, like, <laughs> the way he says it. Pussy. I
1: don't mm-hmm. know, cracks yeah, me up
0: every time. It's funny. So yeah, they get to they get to Kentucky, and eventually, it's revealed. Uh, you know, Goldfinger brings in a bunch of like thugs that he's used to set up his master plan, and gives them one version of the plan, which is that he's going to rob, rob Fort Knox uh, by you know spraying nerve gas everywhere, and then he'll just take all the gold. Mm -hmm. Uh, but Bond is so smart. He realizes, oh, it would take you you 12
1: days, 12
0: days to load up all that gold. And you only have like a few hours before the, you know, all the army comes to get you. So what are you going to do? And then it's revealed that, uh, uh, he actually doesn't want to steal the gold. He wants to explode a nuclear thing on it, (laughs) like a dirty bomb and make it contaminated so that the price of his gold will go up. Exactly, which
1: is a genius plan. It is.
0: It's very smart. Yes. So that's kind of a cool twist. Um, that was fun. Also, uh, so so this happens, and then there's sort of a somewhat troubling scene with um, uh, with Bond and Pussy Galore, where uh, they go into a barn and. They start kind of flipping each other. Yeah, they're kind of playing turns, like cat like, and mouse
1: with each other. Like, yeah. ooh, let me do this and you can do that kind of.
0: Like, don't don't even try it. And then she'll do like a judo flip and flip him over his, her shoulder. And then he does the same to her and it kind of goes back and forth. And then eventually he just like gets her on the ground and like lays on top yeah, of her. Yeah, straddles and her, her
1: and then force kisses her. And then you she like fights it for a second and then she just can't resist how dreamy Bond is and just yeah. gives up, I guess.
0: Which, you know... I don't know. I don't want to be too, like, like, I guess you have to see it in the prism of like, well, what no, the we could just was. call a
1: spade a spade. No, I am. But I'm totally saying, forced like, at so time, I don't know
0: if they, they realized they were showing like a, like a date rape or whatever, but yeah, it kind of is. Yeah. A little uncomfortable. Uh, so apparently because of that, uh, then there's this misdirection they set up where, they start off with the plan, you know, pussies, uh, flying circus girls fly over Fort Knox, release all this gas. And you see all these soldiers, hundreds of soldiers Just fall immediately to sleep, immediately down, which it's supposed to kill them, actually, the gas. So uh, supposedly these guys are dead. That's what you're supposed to think. Um, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. It, like Bond says, oh, and by the way, that gas is fatal. Like oh. when he's explaining his plan back to him. And he says, oh, what's the big deal? Like 60,000 people die every year Oh, that's right. Yeah. So I just th- think it's funny because you're watching all these like soldiers and extras like fall to the ground. And you can tell they're like trying to fall. So Gracefully, like,
1: so they don't hurt they themselves. They don't hurt
0: themselves, you know. And, so, I, and the first time I saw it, I remember thinking like, that looks so fake. Like they look like they're just doing it on purpose. Which then the big reveal comes that, oh, they actually were kidding. Uh, pussy actually called it in. And to Washington, to Washington. So they had this big plan that um, they wouldn't actually release the gas. They just pretend like it and everyone would pretend that they were dead. And then, you know, Goldfinger's men can come in and then get caught in a trap. Uh, Did you see that coming at all? Was that sort of a surprise to you?
1: Yeah, it was a surprise. I mean, I thought they were falling in a lame way, you know, (laughs) but it makes sense now. That's what they were doing. But really, in the moment, I really was shocked. And even looking back at it, I kind of... Because all they showed of the people, like, getting better Mm -hmm. was Felix and, like, his car group that was, like, close to the entrance Uh of Fort Knox. So I thought that they had just had, like, gas masks or something. Like, just them. uh And then I realized it was everyone. Because they don't show everyone at once, like, getting up, like, okay, we're good. We're not really dead. They just show Felix's group
0: Mm -hmm.
1: just popping up and then going and, and attacking Goldfinger. So... I was pretty surprised. Good job. Yeah.
0: So, so that happens and then they're able to, uh, catch, you know, uh, invade Fort Knox. I I have to say the sets, I always enjoy like the cool sixties, you know, mid-century looking set design of these early movies. And there's some cool sets. There's a set at the very beginning of the movie where there's the cold open, which we haven't really talked about where Bond like swims in somewhere
1: With a seagull on his head, with a seagull on his head (laughs) as disguise, and then
0: goes into a, um, it's a like a like a layer of someone that's like disguised as a big gas tank, but inside of it is actually like a really cool like office and Mm -hmm. has like it had some really cool furniture uh, in there, and I actually wanted to like take a screenshot or something because. Uh, but he blows it up immediately. Yeah, he basically. squirts
1: like cream cheese
0: explosives. <laughs> yeah, it's like plastic <laughs> explosive, but it seriously looks exactly A like tube cream, of cheese. cream cheese. Well it looks like it would leave most like plastic explosive I've seen in movies is like looks like play-doh or something, where if you, you touch it, it wouldn't like your hand wouldn't be wet. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? This looked like cream cheese, where if like you touch cream cheese, <laughs> it like gets on your hand. Yeah. So anyway, he's he blows it up. Uh, anyway, so yeah, the Fort Knox, like the interior of it looks really cool. Like very, like, uh, brutalist, like looking, you know, concrete with all the, the giant stacks of gold bars everywhere. He's forced, they put the bomb in there and then he's locked in and he's forced to fight Oddjob. Uh, so you know, they throw the hat around and he electrocutes him, uh, eventually. And then someone comes in, disarms the bomb Uh, which that was a hysterical scene
1: so bond opens up it looks just like a big uh you know rectangular aluminum box Mm -hmm. is what it looks like and he opens it up and there's this bomb inside of it and it's all these little like moving gadgets and pieces like and they're spinning spinning around uh, and
0: objects like all
1: different colors and bond has no idea how to disarm (laughs) this and he's literally just touching i thought connor
0: did a good job with that because he looked really sweaty was, and really scared he and he was just like vaguely touching he everything confused, like uh, like what do i do and then he was what just about to like grab a bunch of wires and like and just rip, rip them, them out and then some guy comes in who knows what he's doing and like
1: just reaches over him and literally just flips a like switch flips a
0: switch that turns turns it off within so. about
1: six seconds yeah, left so, or whew.
0: so whoo save the day mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, <laughs> and then that's not the only like twist, though. Then this is something the Bond Bond movies do a few times, but uh, everything's great. Oh, this is my favorite part and of the whole. And they're like, movie. "Hey, the president wants to meet you. Let's you know get in this uh, star-spangled-looking airplane, and you'll have lunch with the president." So he gets in there, and uh, he's just relaxing. Oh, the movie's over, and then. Turns out Goldfinger's in there. And Goldfinger pops in. Pops in. He's got a golden gun. And then they
1: cut screen. Go to the. Go back to the base. Mm-hmm. And they show the three. There's like the pilot, and I'm assuming someone else. There's three guys basically tied up, um, on the ground.
0: Yep. And you're like, no, what is he gonna do? And, you know, they'd already had a thing before where he told Pussy Galore not to shoot inside the airplane because you'll get sucked out. You're going to get sucked
1: out. And And I immediately, (laughs) he says that, and I was like, oh, my God, he's going to get sucked out of the plane. I was so excited. So
0: Goldfinger shoots out one of the windows, uh, accidentally and keep and
1: in mind goldfinger is a big fat blob of a man he's a blob
0: yeah he's giant like he's like his <laughs> gut is like huge he's at
1: least like 350
0: pounds yeah so he gets sucked he gets sucked through the, the tiny window. window and he's kind of stuck there for a second and then it just <laughs> he flies out of it, it, it yeah.
1: so amazing it's like
0: augustus gloop getting caught in the I, pipes on a. I i like, cheered
1: i cheered and clapped and i scared my dog because
0: it made me <laughs> so happy speaking of Quite down over there. Hey, shh! Shut your hole, Elsa. We have a dog, and she's growling at people outside. <laughs> um, so yeah, so he gets sucked out, and James goes to the cockpit to try to, I don't know, help save
1: the day. Even though Pussy Galore, <laughs> even though she's is an Ed expert pilot. trained pilot, yeah.
0: But they're just in a, like a tailspin going down, so they uh, parachute out. Mm-hmm. And then again, something that happens in a lot of Bond movies, they're on the ground. Uh, like, a, like they parachuted out, and the they're looking for them in a helicopter, and she's about to signal for the rescuers, and he says, hey, don't do that. Let's stay here and have well, sex he, a lot.
1: Well, he says to her, like, this isn't a time to be rescued. Yeah. And then they go under the parachute and make sweet love. Yeah,
0: so... A lot of, uh, you know, these early Bond movies, like they really do act as just sort of templates for the rest of the series. Because a lot of these story beats happen over and over and over, which is fine. It's fun. It's just sort of, you know, James Bond lore. But uh, have we, anything else we haven't covered on this one?
1: Uh, No, we've kind of talked about all of our main points. Something I did want to talk about, though, because... Uh, I, myself, am a blankie, as well as Chase. We listen to Blank Check with Griffin and Dave. Which is another... Or David, which is I'm sorry. I say Dave podcast. like we're best friends with Griffin <laughs> and David. Um, and I always love that they talk about the box office numbers. Mm-hmm. And especially in this time where this film was released in 1965, mm-hmm. I think. I just lost where the date was. I think, I think
0: it is 65. Um,
1: yeah, place. so it was released January of 1965. Like I said before, this was... At this time, the highest grossing film of all time. Do you want to uh, take a guess on what the budget for this film was?
0: Oh, I don't know. It's so hard because it's. I know 1965. it's nineteen sixty-five. I don't know.
1: Just give a guess. Throw out um, a number.
0: I'm gonna guess that the budget it's less was, than ten million. Oh, it's a lot. I was, was going to say ten million. So I'm gonna say like six million then.
1: Okay, it was $3 million, Oh, okay. And they've grossed worldwide $124,900,000. Wow. So that is crazy.
0: That's crazy. So that's not adjusted for inflation. So, that was Yeah, I don't know. This is just what's 20. on
1: IMDb. We should look at what uh, Griffin and David look at, that website. What's it called? Oh, I don't know. Box office yeah. something. We should look that up next time and- and it
0: was a huge hit though. Like it was, like I said, it's like kind of the one, I mean, they were all, the other two were, were popular, but like this is the one that really sort of cemented Bond as like this big franchise. And, you know, it was a hit everywhere, all over the world yeah. too, not just in the UK. It was like huge in the US and all over. So,
1: Well, and it's nice to see that too, because from what I recall from our last, from Dr. No, as you said that wasn't that much of a hit because it was so controversial
0: for the first the one. time mm-hmm. Yeah, Dr. No was just a modest hit. It, I mean, it didn't do poorly, but it wasn't yeah. like a, a huge thing. So and talking then,
1: about Dr. No, yeah. their budget was $1.1 mm-hmm. Gross worldwide was 59600000 Well,
0: that's still a pretty huge hit, I guess. Yeah. yeah.
1: But that's worldwide, though. So yeah. that one, I mean, they doubled mm-hmm. and only increased their budget by like $1.5 Yeah. And yeah, that's pretty crazy. Whew. Whew. Well... Those numbers,
0: dang. Well, dangers. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see the other ones as we go along. I know some of the the Roger Moore ones were not necessarily huge hits, and for a while, you know. And so, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I'm interested to see what happens. So, I can't. How many does Sean Connery do? I know he does a few, and then stops, and then comes back. Yeah, I don't know.
0: I don't know. I know he does. He does Thunderball. He does. uh, You only live twice, and then he leaves i believe and then comes back oh no it comes back for diamonds are forever Hmm.
1: i am looking forward to watching some of the ones without sean connery just to see i Mm -hmm. feel like i'm so bored with sean connery at this point and his bond (laughs) i just love daniel craig as bond so much like he is james bond to me he is so tough he is so good looking he is such a good actor and i just feel like unfortunately with these ones just being older I just get so bored with like the dialogue and what they're saying and doing, and it's it just feels just so dated and boring to me.
0: Yeah, I can see where where you're coming from. One thing though, I I, I love the the um, Daniel Craig movies, but it does feel like he sort of loses his uh, the edge of like where Bond is like he loves the finer things, he loves like he enjoys his job.
1: Right. But I see that because. Daniel Craig's James mm. is—he's a tortured man. He's had this tortured life for yeah. so long, and you—you you get to see into what what has happened to him and what has made him who he is.
0: Yeah, I mean, they had whereas to, like, these
1: ones, you have no backstory of who James. They had Bond to like is.
0: born identity it up a little, yeah, bit, You know, just I'd because like. of the times. But I feel like you could have both. Like, have him be legitimately like torn about the fact that he kills people for a living, but then also really enjoy, you know. Having a drink, and I guess I mean I guess they do. They mm-hmm. they do kind of give him that. So I don't know. I, I guess it's maybe. Uh, I've
1: never asked you this. Who's your James Bond? Who's your favorite James? Um,
0: I don't know. I, I it you know I could say Daniel Craig because he's up there. I genuinely enjoy some of the Brosnan ones, and I I think Pierce Brosnan was a great James Bond who was who had bad scripts yeah. and bad movies i'm excited to
1: watch the pierce brosnan ones too because those are i went and saw those in theaters with my mom because my mm. mom loved pierce brosnan so yeah. i'm excited to see his again because i have only seen them each of them probably about once
0: all right well all right awesome
1: so what's our next our next film
0: our next one is thunderball oh
1: right Thunderball which,
0: uh is has iconically its bad it's not iconically bad a <laughs> lot of people like this movie um and I would say it has some good moments. Um, I will just say there's a lot of. Basically, they try to make a an action movie all underwater hmm. in the '60s, and all so right. it just is. You know, they struggle a little bit. But. All right.
1: Well, let's see how it goes.
0: All right. Well, thank you for listening. If you stuck it out this far, uh, the Bonds of Marriage will return with Thunderball. Okay. Bye.